We're proudly recording on Wadja Noongar Buja, and we pay our respect to elders past and present. Hi everybody, welcome to Queer Stories on the Swan, a podcast where two gay men chat and discuss all things queer in the Perth LGBTQIA plus community. I'm your host, Chris. And I'm your other host, Christo. And in today's episode, we're talking to Dames Long, talking about his coming out story, his move from the country to the city, his theatre career, and his book passion. So sit back and enjoy the show. And we're back after a week break. Uh, we needed oh that just, just have a bit of a breather. Um, yes. But uh, Christo, how was the week off? It was nice. Yeah, it was good. Uh, didn't do too much. I went to hospital, if that's exciting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so tell us about that. Um, you had a bit of an interesting story you were telling me. Uh, yes, I am. Um, because of cystic fibrosis, which I have, mm-hmm. uh, I get polyps so basically that's like little lumps that grow in your nose and disgusting anyway Mm. they had to basically remove all that clear out my sinuses and since my last operation which was 2017 uh my right eye has been just constantly watering so the duct itself was blocked so they had to basically cut that open and fix it so i can stop watering my eye yep Wow. Right. Okay. <laughs> so now but, I don't have but, an emotional side of my face. <laughs> I was going to say, there was times we were recording episodes and I was like, why is he crying? Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm so emotional. <laughs> <laughs> we just did the intro. What are you talking about? Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's good. That's good. So you're covering well? Yes, very well. Excellent. Yeah. Oh, I'm so we glad. spent one night in the hospital, so that's good. Yeah. Well, one night. But to me personally, one night's enough, but I know yeah. some people oh, yeah. have to go through multiple sleep. nights. I, I, For those who have to go through multiple nights in hospital, um, you're so yeah, right because ho- hospitals just freak me out. I've, yeah. I've had two, oh no, I've had one um, overnight recovery from tonsillectomy. Oh. Um, oh, I'm so glad those things I've are gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Surgeries are not fun. Um, so in my week you? off, my week off, um, well, it was just a lot of getting uh, a lot of tape work done. Um, I'm, oh, yes. I am as of next weekend. So by the time this comes out, starting Saturday yeah. uh, onward, I'm going to be on boom radio, which is the student station. I told you guys about, um, yes. Uh, yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, some other time. Um, <laughs> Happening at North Metropolitan TAFE in Leaderville, and it's called uh, Boom Radio. Um, mm. So I'm going to be on it four times a week. So oh my god! <laughs> I have Monday breakfast from seven till ten. Yeah. Um, so nice and early for me. And <laughs> Thursday uh, drive. So it's called drive. So Thursday driving yeah. home from four till seven, and then I'm going to have um, on Saturday night something called the Hype from seven till ten. It's the top twenty. So. Hey, I'm I'm here with the top twenty, all you kids and you <laughs> fellow fellow young people. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so that's called the hype. And then on Sunday is the show that I was teasing earlier. Um, whenever it's called Boom Loud and Proud, and it is a queer show, which is a first for actually apparently it's not the first, but it's it's the full first fully realized um yeah. queer show. So it'll be from seven to ten on Sunday nights. Um, just playing a lot of queer, queer artists, <laughs> Australian queer artists, um, gay yeah. icons. So 
Yep. Don't worry, Brittany's in there. Gaga's in there. Kylie. Kylie, so much (laughs) great stuff on there. (laughs) And that's going to be three hours a week. Um, And I want to try to get some guests on there. So if anyone wants to give a call in and... um, yeah, let me know. Hit me up on on, on socials, and then we can get That's you organized. In there. No, nothing, nothing too much. It's not going to be a podcast episode yeah. or anything. That being right. said, if you want to join the podcast, then feel free uh-huh. to DM me or Christo or our queer yeah. stories on the Swan uh, socials. Yes. Um, oh, and hey, um, mm. we need to celebrate a milestone because our first yeah. episode, episode one at, with Aaron, has officially yeah. surpassed a hundred plays. Oh my god! Yay! We've had a lot of people listen to Aaron. So, wow. hey, Aaron, you're definitely... Listen to everyone else. Listen <laughs> to everyone else, yeah. I mean, we got some listens there too. That's all right. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we've definitely got um, an audience as well. Uh, no new reviews or anything this week, but that's all right. That's, that's all right. We've got plenty of time to that. Um, anyway, so we've prattled on long enough. Let's bring in our guest. Um, he's a friend of mine. He's Dame. His name is Dames Long. He is wonderful um very chatty so we're definitely going to have a longer episode this week so for those who've been following if you've been noticing (laughs) this episode is getting shorter and shorter and shorter it's not our fault guaranteed this is not going to happen this time (laughs) yeah it's going to be longer all right um but let's get it into it let's get james on Hi everyone, this is Aaron from episode one and you're listening to queer stories on the swan always remember to stay fabulous so we've got Dames, our guest for this week. Hey, girl, how you doing? Hey. Hello. Thank you so much for having me on. Yo, no welcome. I'm, uh, I'm actually very excited for you to be on because I know you can chat up a storm and this is what we do on podcasts. We talk, we talk, we talk, we talk, <laughs> we talk. And this is your opportunity. This is your episode, Dom. Yeah. So. Fantastic. Are you ready to take us from the very beginning? Tell us the origins. From the very beginning. The, like, well, well, I mean, okay, we don't have to go into the birth stuff because um, vaginas and stuff. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, we can let's talk about. I like... came out twirling a canoe and went, dear God, <laughs> that's the last time I go near one of those until uh, Amsterdam 2013. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, but yeah, well, we can start from wherever you want to because, you know. Okay. All right, you ready? Go right ahead. Yep. Stage is yours. Okay. Okay, so look, it's, yeah, I think with my coming out story, um, it's sort of important to note that in today's, uh, do we want to call it political climate, for want of a better term, I would have been openly gay in year two. Um, But for me, it was, uh, I grew up in a a series of country towns. Uh, You've got uh, Geraldton and Carafa in Western Australia and um, Mackay in Queensland. And, uh, you know, this is in the 90s, uh, post-AIDS epidemic, and it's just not the sort of uh, gay-friendly time or gay-friendly places. Mm -hmm. Um, So for me, it was uh, prior to being eight, I, you know, had ideas that uh, I wasn't like the other boys and, uh, you know, I was never quite sure why. Um, now, this is the most fucking fabulous uh, coming to terms with uh, one sexuality story ever. Uh, we were in Las Vegas uh, staying at the New York, New York Hotel. And um, Shares Believe is the biggest song in the world at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shares Believe is still the biggest song in the world. I was going to say, but... it's still massive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's still good. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, there's these, um, we're walking through the lobby, Shares Believe is playing, and there's these two men that uh, walk along the, walk past me, my mum and my brother, and they're holding hands and enjoying the fuck out of this song. And yeah. I'll just look at them and I go, oh, okay. Two men can be a couple. That makes sense. Um, and then, you know, so that was that. And, but then I go back to the schoolyard in uh, Mackay and uh, words like poof and faggot are being uh, thrown around the schoolyard. And yeah. it's just immediately like, oh, okay, you know, to, to be a guy that's into other guys is a bad thing. Well, that, that can't be me. So uh, cue 10 years of uh, repression yeah, and mm-hmm. uh, internalized homophobia and um, a lot of stuff that uh, I saw a therapist uh, about in uh, the years since. And uh, look, it's all gravy baby now. <laughs> uh, so it wasn't really until year 11 um, when I started to you know, when the puberty is really kicking in and, uh, you know, lots of things are just getting uh, really angsty and horny and all of that. And um, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, <laughs> July 2008, I'm in year 12, and uh, I sit down this one Saturday morning and sort of go, hmm, I haven't had a wank about a girl in six <laughs> months. Uh, yeah. Wow. That makes a lot of sense. Um, and then I'm in Carrara at the time Um, it's not as bad as uh, like the insane amount of homophobia that you will find in country Queensland Um, but you know it's still you know a small country town Mm -hmm. Um, so like within a week of sort of um, coming to terms with my sexuality, um, I, I, I did the sort of head to the, uh, the hills at the uh, back of the town and I uh, spent three hours um, standing on the edge of a cliff, just, just like you know, trying to bring myself to jump. And uh, I couldn't, thank fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I just you know, sort of sauntered back down the hill, uh, going back home and you know, sort of going, God, you know, you're so useless, Dames. You know, you can't even, um, you, you're so useless. You can't even jump off the cliff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I just sort of, you know, the reason I did that was because I just saw the world around me and went, you know, there is no place for me here. Um, you know, I'm going to be greeted um, or met with uh, just, um, you know, horror and disgust and anger wherever I go because, uh there is uh, there is no support for gay people. There is no visibility of gay people, and um, yeah, I'm fucked. So yeah, it's thankfully I was able to sort of step away from that and just uh, live in a very loathsome sort of state of mind for um, for quite some time. Oh. Um, I started to come out to a few friends, and um, yeah, massive leaps and bounds, and. Um, you know, so it was sort of greeted with uh, love and uh, acceptance and, yep. yeah, we know. It's kind of obvious. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, there, there was, you know, there was the lisp, there was the, uh, there was the wrist licking, there was the sass, it was, yeah. uh, there was, 
so it's, many signs. You know, the subtlety the love was not of there, share and all of that. Yes, yeah, of course. No, it, I've I've never been I've never been um uh, discreet. I chose to not come out to my family um, mm-hmm. because I didn't feel comfortable being uh, openly gay in Karapa, even though I was being surrounded by this uh, you know love and support from uh, those that I had chosen to sort of come out to. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't until uh, I moved out of home at 17 and uh, moved in with my nan that I started to feel comfortable enough about it that I would be able to come out to family, mm-hmm. uh, starting with Nan. And was this still in the, the country, the way, your Nan? Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so Nan lives in Geraldton mm-hmm. um, okay. yep. to this day. So, you know, my childhood was born in Fremantle, moved to Geraldton, moved to Mackay, moved mm-hmm. to Carafa, back to Geraldton. Now I'm here. Jeez. Yep. It's supposed to be London by now, but COVID. Um, <laughs> yeah, you tell me about so, that. So, yeah, going back to um, 2009, uh, mm-hmm. living with Nan, mm-hmm. um, the way I went about coming out to her, just to be certain, is um, so to come out to Nan, um, mm-hmm. I sat her down and we watched the episode of the IT crowd uh, where they all go and see a gay musical called Gay. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of laughs, there's a lot of stereotypes in it. And uh, I'm watching her reaction to all of this very carefully. Mm. And um, she's fine with it. Like, you know, she has a few laughs of it. So, you know, the next afternoon, I sort of sit her down and go, look, Nan, you know, the reason I, um, I you know, watched that episode with you yesterday is just because I wanted to uh, make sure that you were cool with that sort of thing. And she goes, yeah, I am. Like, I watch all of the shows like that. And, you know, Little Britain, uh, The Mighty Boosh. Uh, and I'll just go, nah, uh, 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 not the thing okay. I was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she just looks at me and she's shaking her head and it's just expressionless. And my heart is on the floor. Ooh, yeah. And she just goes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so the shaking the head was like, really? Really? You, you, yeah, you it was act like I don't know. Why are you even bothering to come out? Yeah. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, she um I just I just leapt up and I uh, gave her this big the biggest hug and just oh. absolutely sobbed because it was just such a weight off my chest. Of course. And um to forget and... the shoulders as well, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she just yeah, she just goes, look, you'd better, you'd better ring up your mom. Mm-hmm. She knows as well. So right. you know, I do, I ring up mom and I go, um, yeah, mom, yeah, um, are you sitting down? And she goes, no, what's happened? I go, please sit down. No, is everything okay? Mom, just sit down. Mm-hmm. And um, she's sitting down and I just go, mom, I'm gay. Same silence. And I can just picture her. The, the same look as Nan, uh, just nodding her head, and she yep. goes in the exact same tone. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, oh. it, was just, it was it was just the most obvious thing ever. Um, yeah. Is I'm it, sorry. It is might've... your was your sorry? Is your Nan the mum of your mum? So yes. is it literally like like mother daughter exactly the same tone? Yes. Copy and paste. Yep. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's, wow. it's actually we have we have this thing in my family where um, um, Nan will go through all of the male family members yep. um, 
like I get called uh, Stephen Rolly Keg Dennis. Oh, yes. um, and then my recently, <laughs> um, about five years ago, um, my mum started doing it as well. I get called yeah. uh, uh, Troy Caleb Dames. Um, <laughs> and then, um, and, you know, it doesn't help that I uh, legally changed my name last year. So uh, there's my dead name is also thrown into the mix as well, just for shits and gigs. <laughs> yeah. Um, but when I rung up mum the other day, three times I went, Nan, mum. <laughs> I've started doing it. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to start doing it with my guests. Next guest we have on uh, Aaron, Kieran, Chloe, Jasmine, yeah. Dames, uh, Nick. <laughs> you. <laughs> you. <laughs> so long as you don't get me mixed up with uh, any of my bad exes, I've been called worse. <laughs> um, well, it's a small world, so no guarantees. <laughs> yeah. oh, God. I think out of all the men I've dated, Liz three bad exes yeah and um yeah they just i i get on with all of my exes i get on with all of uh, the men i've uh, dated yeah right Save you. <laughs> mm. we, we don't try yeah, and have a uh... dirty goss but you know it's it's a way of life so we'll, we'll <laughs> try our best <laughs> all right so you've come out to your nan um and your mum. Mm-hmm. Was, mm-hmm. was there any other people you came out to or was it just those two for a while or is it still just those two um Look, you know, as soon as I was out to um, Nan, as soon as I was out to mum, my aunt, and my younger brother and sister, that was that. So I did the, um, well, this is how long ago it was. I did the coming out post on MySpace. And oh my goodness. Oh my God, that's so far back. <laughs> and like, that was the last thing I ever did on MySpace. I also <laughs> wow. did the, uh, uh, the, the thing on, um, like, the same post on. I think it was called the Facebook back then. The yeah. Facebook, yeah, that's um, right. Yeah. I remember. And um, yeah, that's um, yeah, that was like my last MySpace post. <laughs> yeah. And one of my first Facebook posts. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, you know, I'm uh, I'm aging myself in um, social medias. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, our main demographic will um will definitely get it because they're between twenty five to thirty four, so. Yeah. They'll get it. Oh, they, all, yeah. they all remember MySpace. Yeah. yeah. I wonder yeah. how many of them still have uh, an active account on there. I joined I actually <laughs> I joined MySpace as it was dying. So somewhere oh. in the space is my mm-hmm. 12, 13 year old selves account. Oh. I, make that. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think I put anything on. I hope not. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So what happened to that once you once you come out social media, did you get like much response from your friends? Was there like a lot of love support? Was it just kind of there or do you know what happened after that? It, it, it was universally. Um, and I think this is because I've always uh, at least tried to surround myself with good people. Um, it was just almost universal acceptance or love or that. We know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love I've been out since 2009 so it's coming up 13 years mm-hmm. um I've shocked exactly 10 people uh with my sexuality ah, um in that time gotta make that even and, <laughs> and 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 five of them have been in the last 12 months so I've got oh my, God. my ah, okay so you're there you're getting there 
<laughs> I am. Oh, that's really good. Um, okay, so so at this point you were still um, at Geraldton. So yes. what happened when you moved here? So you moved here. When was that? I moved here at the end of 2012. And right. I moved here because I was um, uh, I was performing at the time. I was um, you know sort of doing acting lessons and all of that. And I uh, well, I moved to Perth for the uh, for the theatre mm-hmm. and yeah. for the boys. <laughs> and I've done pretty well in the theatre department. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you have for the boys as well, but. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's good. Um, so, so obviously being in the city must have been such a different um, experience for you. Because I know you said you are born Absolutely, in Fremantle, yes. but you didn't spend most, mm. of your, most of your childhood in Perth. So it was all country towns and suddenly mm. you got this, uh, you know, that being said, Perth is one of the most isolated cities in the world. Yeah. And yeah. it's basically the country town of all the other cities in the world. Yeah. But it must have been huge compared to actually being in the country. So did you mm. notice much of a, a culture difference? Um, did you yes. did you try and reach into the gay scene? Was it really easy to get into? Uh, was it a bit of a struggle? Talk us through that. Mm. Um, oh, let's see. Um, I think the biggest thing for me when I moved to the city mm-hmm. um, was that prior to moving to Perth, plus about for the first 12 months after moving to the city, um, I would wake up every morning and I'd go, I'm gay. And that's such a weird alien thing. Like that's, that's not the norm. Mm. And um, then, you know, once I, sort of you know started to make uh gay friends and date more men and uh you know have more sex uh just go to more events stuff that's just not as widely available uh in Geraldton. um it it's it, it sort of it stopped being unusual and yeah. then it started to become a celebration mm-hmm. oh good yeah yeah uh it took a very long time to uh get to that level of celebration yeah um probably mid 2014 mm. um but it was just i'd wake up and you know instead of going wow i'm gay you know that's that's not a bad thing it's just a strange thing you know yeah um, to actually say it out loud to yourselves like i'm james i'm gay or you know, yeah yeah I know, I know you had a dead name then but yeah. um yeah but that's yeah that's must have been so weird I mean, it was for me mm. when I started saying it myself, but mm. yeah. So, um, so do you have like much memory you could go into about your earlier experiences with, um, with, with, with dating or even just being involved in the community? Um, anything you want to talk about or anything? Um, well, I moved here in November, mm-hmm. uh, 2012, which was pride month. Yep. So there was a lot to sort of throw myself at. Yeah. Um, I can remember going to the Pride Parade um, in my first. Um, oh gosh, this is so naughty. Um, <laughs> one of my, my my first couple of weekends, and um, I cannot remember what their name names are, but I ended up um, joining the Out and Perth float this year. Uh, that year, um, yeah. the the theme was uh, dictionary definitions. Um, Okay. and how they have double meanings so like um, ah. 
uh, you know, faggot is a slur um, or a celebratory term. Mm. But it's also, it means a pile of sticks. Okay. Um, (laughs) Okay. uh, Queer means strange, but it also means LGBTQIA+. Yeah. yeah, not straight. Yeah, um, yeah, um, and so you had um, you know, the lovely Graham from out of Perth, out in Perth, just um, sort of leading this ute with us, holding these giant cardboard cutouts with these letters, and um, sort of they had letters of the alphabet on the front page, but would sort of uh, he would go open and would open the uh these dictionaries and um <laughs> you know show what the definition was or yeah. he would yell out queer and uh the five of us that had the uh the letters of queer would get into a line and you know sort of show that off yeah um and uh, so that that was going to be it for me i was going to leave the um just just just, just go home because i had work the next day and then a couple of people in the float i can't even remember who they are now um that's right it was 10 years ago so don't no one's gonna blame you (laughs) (laughs) they were gorgeous um (laughs) but they uh they talked me into going to the to the uh the court after party and uh we ended up having um three-way kissy kissy time (laughs) um and yeah there was yeah there there was uh there was kissing and there was uh tonguing and there was uh and then hands started wandering down Basically, we ended up uh, upstaging a drag queen's performance by <gasps> they were doing what they needed to Dimes. do on the stage. You and never I know, do that. I know. No, bad I, I would have been cancelled. I would have been cancelled, Lisa. For days, anyone listening who's, who's never been to a drag show, just some etiquette for you: never try and upstage a drag queen or drag artist whenever they're on stage doing their yes. thing. Do that afterwards, yeah. just so you know. Yes. Uh, As because, a drag queen myself, yes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, but anyway, thank you, James, for educating that, um, educating us on that. Um, in, anyway. in my defense, we were having our second base three-way side stage. Okay. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's not much defense, is it? No. Really <laughs> more entertaining. I, I mean, guess. you weren't on <laughs> the stage and 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 trying to deliberately knock off the drag. Uh, performance yeah we were just a lot more visible than we planned on being <laughs> more entertaining <laughs> hey chris so um we're not making this a clean podcast anymore because it's just too good. i was gonna say <laughs> yeah uh dames before that uh, before your episode we try to make it as clean as possible and it's just gonna be very very occasional swear word why the fuck did you get me on there <laughs> <laughs> because we, our guest pulled out. <laughs> but you know what? You know, I don't care because yeah. no, no one under 17 has been listening. So you know what? I don't care. No. Go for your life. But yeah. still remain professional-ish. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I really should. I, I have a bookshop to talk about. Yes. Ex- uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Which, which, um, which you can come back come back to later. We will definitely come back to that because I would love to bring that up and we'll also put it in the description and socials as well. Anyway, so um, you were doing your thing. Tell yes. us about the, you had to go into a huge detail about the thing, but, you know, mm-hmm. that was one of your biggest experiences, would you say? It, it's definitely the, the one I remember the most. Like, you know, I remember waking up the next day uh, with not enough sleep, uh, going into my um, my Sunday retail job and um, just like, that happened. Yeah. 
you know that, that wasn't a gay awakening but it was uh <laughs> it was a gay level up yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was round two reaching new levels <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> bonus round <laughs> oh my goodness this is gonna be a pain to edit but i love it anyway <laughs> anyway <laughs> So, um, so once that happened, um, anything you want to bring up happened afterwards or? Oh, no, um, let's say, I mean, you know, in moving from Geraldton to Perth, I was, um, madly in love with a boy at the time, mm-hmm. um, who is sadly in my past. Yeah. Um, but you know, it was a sort of, um, you know, I had aspirations of, um, moving to Perth and being in a relationship with this boy who, um, you know, didn't, uh, you know, have those same feelings for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, four months in when things bleh, just yep. hit a dead end with him, mm-hmm. um, it was like, well, you know, who can I be now? And it was just, uh, you know, I was just surrounded by, um, you know, all of this uh, sex and adventure and all of that. So it was, mm just okay hi ho hi ho and i was <laughs> it's off to work i go um yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, <laughs> um but yeah no it's wonderful stuff so uh so what about outside of uh, outside of the bedroom outside of that i know that's very weird to say as a gay person um <laughs> let's just temporarily temporarily get out of that stuff for a second um so how about when you, you know, we're, we're establishing yourself. So let's talk about a bit about your theatre background. So you were doing stuff in the country. Yes. And then how did you get involved mm-hmm. in the Perth theatre scene? Well, that was, um, so I was purely acting um, when I was in Geraldton, uh, doing acting lessons as well. Mm-hmm. Um, only just going these days. But um, there was this local theatre company called Clay Lovers, mm-hmm. um, who put on auditions for this musical called uh, Nevermore. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, which is this musical uh, based on the love life and poetry of Edgar Allan Poe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd been auditioning for the first couple of months that I'd been in Perth, uh, but just wasn't getting anything because what I'd sort of hadn't taken into account is that in Perth, uh, the, uh, the community theatre scene is um, there's just a lot more of it. Mm. Yeah. Uh, in Geraldton, it was just the one community theatre club, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was the same people over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, here in Perth, uh, you've got this beautiful community theatre community, um, and it's uh, people will direct at all these different theatres for all these different companies. People will perform. People will uh, do lighting, stage management, the whole uh, shebang yeah. of what yeah. you need to put on a theatre production. Um, yeah. And there's just, you know, there's a few that are, are committed to one theatre group, mm, um, yeah. but it's just so, um, it's just so fantastic and exciting uh, and lovely that people just go from theatre company to theatre company and mm. doing what they love doing. Yeah. Um, so, in terms of uh, performing in Perth, um, there is a larger community scene, but there's a larger pool of talent and there's a more talented pool of talent. Yeah. So just this, 
just this newbie who could act and nothing else. Um, I wasn't getting anything at the time. Yeah. Um, uh, so I just went along to this um, audition and you had the, uh, the stage manager, Bronwyn, um, sort of meeting people as they were uh, arriving for their audition. Yeah. And so I auditioned, being not a singer at all, and um, did Adele Skyfall, which had just come out. Oh, oh my goodness. I what a hard song to sing. Them. Yeah. <laughs> I butchered that for them yeah. as a treat. <laughs> and um, yeah, I finished the audition. I'm pretty sure the music director went, okay, that's enough. <laughs> um, and I just, <laughs> I just sort of came up to the table and went, uh, look, if for some reason I don't get a part in this, uh, I'd love to come and work backstage on this. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, as I'm sort of leaving, I sort of, um, you know, said the same thing to uh, Bronwyn, uh, your stage managing, I'd love to just, just so that I can be involved in theatre again. Yeah. Yep. And um, that year just sort of um, became my sort of, um, I wasn't getting any acting gigs. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kept getting uh, stage managing roles um, and I found it was something I enjoyed mm. and um, at the end of that year I went over to London and um, watched um, saw uh, Billy Elliot the musical which had just uh, been a dream of mine it's my mm-hmm. favorite musical of all time and it's just um, I'd listened to the soundtrack a thousand times and to finally get to see it, it was just yeah. it was just such a dream. Um, I started crying mm. about eight weeks before I was due to go and see it. If you're liking the show so far, feel free to follow us on our socials at Queer Stories on the Swan at our Facebook and Instagram. Also, give us a review on whatever platform you get your podcasts, as we really appreciate the feedback. Mm-hmm. And the I just went along in a matinee, and um, this um, there were people in front of me, mm-hmm. and yeah. this one woman next to me, and that was uh, that was about it. It was a pretty spacious um, matinee performance. Oh, yeah, lots of lots of spaces. So uh, the show starts. Uh, I start sobbing. The woman <laughs> next to me starts sobbing. And the three ladies in front of me just take their seats mm. um, a further seven or so rows down. And <laughs> me and this woman sat right next to me and no one else around us. Um, we just sort of, we just shared this beautiful experience where we just sobbed so much for oh. uh, the next two and a half hours. And we didn't acknowledge each other once, but it was <laughs> spiritual. But you didn't need to. You just, we were just so connected in yeah. that space. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. Um, you know, that was uh, my all-time favourite theatrical experience. Yeah. Um, and there have been some big ones over the years. Mm. Um, but I walked out of that theatre sort of going, that I want to I stage manage that on the West yeah. End uh, if my acting career doesn't work out. And it, it, it didn't. I finally, uh, I finally landed a part in a community theatre production and... Uh, uh, I got Me Too'd um, about four years before Me Too uh, was a thing. So just from there, I was like, okay, I don't want to be a performer anymore. 
but for some reason i'm cool with doing the backstage stuff of this right okay um um what, yeah uh, you, um, don't, you don't have to if you don't want to but what do you mean you got me too i had someone put me in a uncomfortable position as a right. performer uh, right okay uh, yeah okay uh that didn't bode well with me at all oh uh, of course yeah. Of course. Yeah. 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 Sure. We don't have to go into detail, but just clarify yeah. what that meant. Uh, okay. And, wow. And we won't because, uh, yeah. You know, if no. I say something, they can then mm. say. Yeah. No, no. Of course. Of course. Of yeah. course. Of course. Mm. No problem. Um, so yeah. you decided to go into stage managing and. Um, I did. I did. So I, I spent 2014. Uh, well, I spent the first, two, two, first half of 2014 because of what had happened, mm-hmm. um, just taking a bit of a break away from the theatre. Yep. Um, went to Melbourne, saw some theatre there, and mm. it was like, okay, no, I love this too much. I've got to get back into it. Yeah. I literally, I rang up Bronwyn from Nevermore and went, um, yeah, what's on? What are you doing? Can I do anything with you? And um, she goes, when do you get back? Um, we're doing um, we're doing a show at the Old Mill Theatre. Um, oh, I love the Old Mill. It's a wonderful theatre. Oh, it's just such a delightful theatre, and the people there are such a delight as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it bothers me so much that I can't remember the name of this production right mm. now, but it was dark. Uh, it was a historical um, about um, these um, baby-murdering con artists in the, uh, the, oh, uh, um, in the yeah. Victorian age. Um no, I can't remember. I was trying to scan our memory. I really wish I knew what it was called. <laughs> yep. Yep. Hey, Google. We'll, 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 we'll put it in the, in the, uh, the comments section um, yeah. when I've thought of it in five days' time, probably at three o'clock. Thanks, stage manager. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the director and editor, me, will have to take that to account. Yeah. No, I'm happy to do that if we can find it. Um, I'll, I'll record a line for it in um, before this goes to air, if you like. Um, but yeah, from there it was basically uh, nonstop um, community theatre gigs, mm. uh, working two jobs, uh, saving up because I had a new goal, and that was to get into Whopper and yeah. um, study stage management mm-hmm. and um, stage manage Billy Elliot on the West End. Wow. wow. Now, Billy Elliot closed on the West, West End uh, before the end of my first year. You'd ah. think I would have taken that as a hint. Mm. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I did my, uh, did my full three years there. Um, say what you will about um, your time at WAPA. Everyone does. I didn't um, go to WAPA, so I can't really say anything. So. Yeah. Oh, you lucky thing. Yeah, um, that was one of my dreams to too. Yeah. That was one of yes. my dreams when I was a teenager, and acting was yep. my my thing, my calling. Yeah. I was like, I'm gonna go to Whopper, and then I'm gonna become a yeah. star. And no, yeah, <laughs> yeah, nope. yeah I didn't even uh, audition. <laughs> basically, I uh, I stepped foot out of Whopper on my last day, and literally stopped and went, "Fuck, yeah, I don't want to be a stage manager anymore." Mm. Oh, I wish I'd worked that one out. Uh, yeah. three years and <laughs> yeah. uh, twenty five thousand dollars of hex earlier. Oh. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but no experience is wasted. I was always taught that as a kid. And I'm still taught that now. Let's see. <laughs> and, you know, so fortunately, um, I did sort of find my niche um, in theater making, in stage managing. Um, 
you never would have caught me in a rehearsal room working on someone else's uh, creative endeavor as a uh, stage manager. Yeah. Um, but certainly um, one-off live events. Uh, I've worked with um, Tease Industries uh, on their uh, on their burlesque events. Um, I've yeah. worked the Wakakiri Awards. Um, I've worked with the Felix Kane Academy mm-hmm. um, for their international. This is before 2020 international uh, pole <laughs> dancing competition. Mm. So it's it's some exciting wow. stuff that I've done over the years. Um, yeah. uh, Chief Hovlam is uh, for Fringe uh, every year for the last four years. Mm. I um, I've had the absolute joy, the absolute pleasure and honour of uh, stage managing uh, to Pearl Fanfare and Spiegel Tent. Oh wow! Okay, good, um, good um, I can't pronounce that. <laughs> <laughs> could you could you pronounce that again? Sorry, I I, I can I can. The Pearl Fanfare and Spiegel Tent. What does that mean? Yeah. Do you know? The, the Pearl of Fire Mirror Tent. Ah. No. <laughs> Why not just call it that? <laughs> because culture, Christo. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Oh, uh, look, 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 it's you know you. Uh, yeah, you 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 research and you study and you ask, uh, you, you know, what the correct pronunciation of this venue that I love so much is, and uh, yeah, you know, sort of, I can pronounce it properly. Yeah. No one else does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, literally, everyone else just calls it in their um, in their um, Australian little <laughs> blocker the accent. Yeah. Our, the deeper our Spiegel tent. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> No. It's just you know, when it, when it, whenever anyone sort of goes like that, I, ha- I just I just have to understand that no one I know cares about these things. I know, I know. I, I love being an Aussie, but sometimes our accent just makes me go, "Oof, God." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just putting the record out yeah, there. That... I like being an Aussie. I'm not being anti-patriotic. <laughs> <laughs> just being. I'm honest. okay with it, but I have spent the last uh, seven years, eight years, trying to move to London. London yeah, I know. Uh, you know, in our personal conversations, I know you've told me about um, moving to London. It's definitely been a thing. And then the COVID pandemic hits, so that Yay. makes things easier. <laughs> yeah. Look, you know, for me, it was um, you know 2020. Uh, I just uh, finished doing my second year in the Pearl. Mm-hmm. Um, and then moving straight on to work with Perfest, mm-hmm. and um, you know, working all of these long hours, big weeks, you mm-hmm. don't sort of have time to check the news and see yeah. what's happening. So we sort of get to, and I'll never forget this because it happened on Friday the thirteenth of March. Oh, um, oh my god! It, it did. Just, it just announced that our industry, amongst most other industries in the yeah, world yeah. Uh, yeah. along just everything like the world was just gonna shut down yeah yep. um because it's just honestly like oh well you know what's happening with this cold that's coming out of china mm. yeah oh yeah. okay the rest of my <laughs> yeah. yeah yes but it, it's true that's all we thought it was at the time we just thought it was this flu strain that um because no one was reacting about it no yeah no. no, no, no. Governments were doing anything at the time to stop mm. what would very quickly become a global pandemic and kill yeah millions. So many people. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's just it's just such a, a tragic, massive sadness that I don't think we'll be able to comprehend for some years to come. That was just 
preventable yes yeah. so many different levels yes and we're definitely living through history with our recent events as well um so let's bring the conversation back to um the the queer community um yep we're going back yes. in the bedroom so sorry to be out of the bedroom for so long um <laughs> how it's did, fun while it lasted <laughs> um how did uh you know experiences uh just just gay experiences and everything how did it affect you once the pandemic came down did, did it really like um because you know we couldn't see people as willy-nilly as we used to be as, <laughs> as we used to um did that kind of affect you mentally or was there kind of um some obstacles you really had to overcome okay so, i know that was a lot so <laughs> <laughs> yeah um my honest answer and i feel guilty for this um every time i say it um is that appreciating that here in western australia we haven't had to deal with the pandemic itself uh, until the last couple of months. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. Typical WA being two hours, behind, two years behind <laughs> the rest of the world. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's, you know, we, we went into a, a lockdown and um, the, uh, the federal government just put everyone that was put out of work, mm. uh, myself included, on a job seeker or job keeper yep, and yep. then um it was more it was double the amount of money that you get paid for being on benefits yeah <laughs> um so for me once i was able to sort of go okay my career has just come to a stop i was going to be directing i was going to be doing the edinburgh fringe uh i can't even remember what other work i'd lost um but as soon as I sort of came to terms with that, uh, came to terms with the fact that I wouldn't be able to move to London that year, um, I was able to just really focus on just having some time to just relax, having some time to just stop. I mean, you know, the world is on fire outside, mm. but yeah. for me personally, it was just an opportunity to take a paid vacation yeah yep. of course just about yeah in your um, home which I, <laughs> yeah 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 i was i was actually quite content to just sit down and um just read books and uh yeah not have to uh not really have to worry about anything because it was just yeah yeah and i feel like the world has gone back to this in that you know the world is just such a uh fast-paced uh angsty uh traumatic place these days uh as the human race we were able to just sort of just stop and have a breather for a second and uh Mm. i enjoyed that yeah i actually will that um um, that that take on that you know there's you know because it was it was a difficult time you know people were going to be able to work you know people had families uh mental Yeah, her mental health was just not at a great mm. time for a lot of people. But there was also a lot of people that allowed to just, like you said, just to read books, um, to get more connected with yourself. And I think that's a really good take mm. to think about too. Yeah. And 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 we have to remember when in WA, yes, you know, we currently, as of recording this, as this episode comes out, we're still seeing a lot of daily cases um yes. shoot up but we've got to remember the eastern states have had this for years you know there's, yeah. there's floods happening and yeah uh, New South Wales and Queensland, which is uh, horrific um mm-hmm. uh, it's been a real test of humanity to see how we can stand together but also like you said take a breather from how fast paced the world is so and i yeah. think that's a really cool way that you've looked at that 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was I was coming from a place of privilege as well in that, um, you know, I was able to live comfortably uh, yeah. on the amount of money that the government was giving me. Um, yeah. yeah. I uh, I have a uh, I have a stable home that I live in. Mm. Um, you know, I don't I don't have a need to go out and uh, be doing stuff every week. Were, were I still yeah. twenty five? It would have been a, a different story, but yeah. you know, I'm I'm 30, and uh, you know, more and more often, I find myself just loving a quiet Saturday night yeah. in. Yeah, um, totally agree. I, I definitely now oh, I'm I'm I'm, I'm, really, I'm 27 <laughs> in 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 July. I'm already oh. like, yeah, I'd rather just, oh. just sit home and just listen yep. to audiobooks or whatever. Oh. And yeah. yeah, yeah, it happens. Yeah, it does. You know, it's uh. Yeah. You know, we're only young ones, so we make the most of it uh, while yeah. we can. Yep. And um, yeah, because it will hit us all one day, yeah. whether yeah. that's at 30 or 40 or 21. Just live your life. Yeah. You, you just go, okay, no, I just want to, I just want to be peaceful and quiet now. Yeah. And there's nothing. It's wrong. the ones I, the ones I do feel sorry for are the ones that, um, at the start of this pandemic, uh, were 18, mm-hmm. uh, had all of this opportunity ahead of them. And because of the world that we live in, we ended up with a pandemic that was just unstoppable. And they are very much having their youth stolen from them. Of course. So, of course. Yeah, what's happening with this pandemic now, the repercussions of it are going to be felt for the rest of human society oh definitely some sort of degree yeah um but it's just as the years go on we will see more and more side effects of it oh of course uh Um, you know i was just saying to friends of mine like 20 years from now 2045 or whatever you know people (laughs) kids are gonna be asking us like what was it like back then and is that why things are so different now you know that that's 100 percent gonna be a huge research assignment in high school or or Mm. uni or whatever and and I agree. Like there is people who are losing that vital uh, uh, chapter in their lives or it's being delayed. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I think it's also allowing humanity in the future to really look at how we've been handling things. You know, why do we study yeah. history to learn from the mistakes of the past? This is one of them. This is hundred yeah. percent one of them. Um, but just to, to draw back into into queer history, um, you know, as we as we do live in a co- in a community whose culture is not always, but mm-hmm. a lot of it is quite you know sexualized, one night stands and everything. And when the yeah. pandemic came down, that that ground to a halt. And yeah. I think people's friendships and and belonging in a community and and being each other rather than just having those quick one night connections i think that's what's really pulled people through and mm. you know one of yeah. the big things was starting podcasts and yes we're a bit late to the bit late to the table yeah. we aren't doing, doing 2020 but i think it's a really interesting uh time it's challenging but interesting but yeah, yeah. so just reinforcing what you're yeah. saying james so i'm throwing yeah. my two cents well, in there. for me it was um this you know this doesn't happen very often um but i had a boyfriend at the time um no. We yeah. Yeah, we bumped into each other at the artist bar during um, the fringe about a month before everything went to poop. Yep. yep. And um, yeah, we uh, we just 
we, we just sort of clicked and connected. And um, as, you know, we sort of went into um, towards the pandemic, we just sort of, you know, uh, got closer and became boyfriends. And then um, all of a sudden I've got this boyfriend um, who's now, you know, we've been seeing each other in person and it's all very lovely and uh, all of that. But it's now put onto online dating. Mm-hmm. And that, that was a that that was an interesting experience for me because he he lives you know about five kilometers away from me, mm-hmm. but because he was a essential worker, mm-hmm. uh, and this is you know when we were locked down, locked down um, yeah. by his job, um, I couldn't see him. Yeah, but yeah. we were FaceTiming every night. You know, we'd um, you know we'd, we'd chat. He would uh, ask me how my day was and i'm mm-hmm. going like oh i just you know my slip my um my sleeping pattern just did its seventh lap <laughs> and uh yeah he would tell me um uh gosh i, know, I, just, I just tripped over myself <laughs> that out. and he would tell me about his um day yeah yep. um and yeah it was, it was really sweet like you know, there wasn't any of the uh, the e-sex or anything like that, but you know, just 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 little things like you know, uh, you know, telling each other how handsome we are and how much we miss each other, and yeah. uh, I'd read him short stories and oh yeah, it was all it was so sweet, yeah. Oh, yeah. so sappy, <laughs> but I love it. I know. <laughs> yeah, I understand that because obviously I live with my partner, but he was a mm-hmm. essential worker. So he had to move out of the house and move into the shed. So mm. I was alone okay. for three months by myself in a big oh, no. house. So <laughs> it was very hard for me. Mm. Yeah, I, I completely understand. It's hard when you're in a relationship, you're not together. Yeah. I mean, uh, my, my boyfriend at the time, we weren't living together. We'd be visiting each other, but it would be like, can't really see each other. There'd be times where we had to like wear masks and it just didn't feel like we were able to do as much as we used to. Like yeah. we used to go out all the time mm. and it was all there. Mm. And, and there was less of that. We weren't sure what was going on, what we were doing. He was an essential worker as well. Um, yeah. I wasn't. So it, we've got a type. Yeah. yeah. We, we've got a t- yeah. Well, I'm a housewife. So <laughs> I, I would not be a good housewife because I am terrible. Um, but, oh. yeah. <laughs> um, but it's interesting, isn't it? Um, so what happened with your relationship in the end? Did it work out? Um, well, you said you had a boyfriend, no. so obviously ended. But... Yeah, no, uh, we're, we're, we're not together anymore. But, you know, as is my pattern, it's, uh, you know, he's a good person. Uh, yep. He's a good friend. He was a good friend uh, before we dated. Mm-hmm. And it's just where you can with me. Like, it's no use throwing out the bathwater with um, anything that's sort of might have gone down yeah um you keep the good people in your life absolutely i I don't understand this uh this whole thing of um you know in in the worlds of gay and in the worlds of uh straight um cutting off uh or enemizing yeah enemyizing uh your uh former partner yeah Yeah. and look i don't i don't necessarily either i mean i you know over the very few relationships I've had, um, you know, two of them uh, who, who we didn't work out, we're still friends and we're still yeah. okay. Mm. Um, 
I don't know if it's a, it could be just a popular trend, you know, like, oh my God, my ex yeah. is this and I love them so much and now I hate them. Uh, yeah. But there is also, you know, some emotional, emotional mm. damage. I'm not quoting a meme. Um, so I've mm. just, I've just dated this podcast. God damn it. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, and, and definitely, definitely agree with you, James. Um, you know, got to really, mm. really keep the people who are not worth your time. That sounds uh, uh egotistical um yeah so keep the good people in your life keep the good people in your life yeah 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 okay well i i i think there's a there's a sort of a society's expectations thing to it as well yeah now society's expectations and therefore the expectations that we put on ourselves because of society's expectations are that what we do with our life is that we meet another person of the opposite sex same class same skin color Mm. um we marry that person we have kids with that person we retire with that person and we die yeah um oh and it's just the one person that you do this with yeah Mm -hmm. um so uh, the the three of us we've sort of pushed against that already by uh being into men Mm. um just by existing too but yeah yeah uh, I don't know about you two, but I push that further by uh, being polyamorous. Um, yeah. When I date, it is uh, open relationships. It is uh, dating multiple men at a time. Yep. Um, yeah. It's, I think because of these expectations in society, we have a lot of toxicity. We have mm. a lot of mm. unwanted children. We have a lot of yeah. unhappy or unnecessary relationships um we have domestic violence we have mm. um uh weaponized children uh in separations and i just i just wish uh more people could see that you don't need to have a partner you don't need to have kids no you don't have yeah. to get married yeah. mm. the world is mm. is a um independent and i think i'm kind of slightly quoting a video game here but it's true the world is made of many different tapestries and colors and yeah. as mm. you know you know have the idealized version and all the everything's all preppy and all and all wonderful but that's not the way of the world you know no. i would love a time where we have world peace and everything do I think it's possible? I don't think yeah. so because as no. humans, we are so no. needing to control everything and that's yeah. in our lives. And some people extend that to the mm. things around them, including people. Um, yeah. But I think with, because we've had a polyamorous guest before, um, yeah. you know, they've, oh, got okay. a, they've got a fiance yeah. and a boyfriend at the same time. Um, yeah. Now mm. I, I, I couldn't do that because I just don't think I could nothing against what people do i just yeah. i if i've got a partner i want to just have that with them yeah yeah um yeah i don't know maybe a one night stand thing but doesn't really matter it, it, it's emotional attachment that i yeah um value above all else um but with stuff like polyamorous and and even different gender identities you know we've had non-binaries trans and all mm-hmm. that and and the more we talk about these things like podcasting the more awareness that's been brought up and now people are, are questioning and talking about things yeah and societal norms are becoming more and more just i don't want to say a thing of the past but they're less mm, important to so many yeah. people do you know what i mean yeah 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 
Yes, so absolutely. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I think there's still a, a place for uh, those societal norms. Like, I don't. Oh, like definitely. I, if, I, if I don't, you I don't subscribe to that, yeah. then there's nothing wrong with that. It's just what yeah. people want. You know, you're not hurting yeah. anyone, so go for it. Yeah. 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 If you want to have kids, have kids. If you want to be monogamous, be monogamous. Yeah. I, I don't believe in this sort of um, thing that's said from time to time uh, that humans are meant to be polyamorous. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that there's people that's supposed to be monogamous. I think there's people that are supposed to be polyamorous. Yeah. I think there's people that are polyamorous that are supposed to be monogamous. And I think there's monogamous people that are supposed to be polyamorous. Yeah. yeah, let's stop putting That's people into boxes and just have free yeah. reign. Okay, like yeah. let's let's, yeah. let's stop trying to label everything. Um, just live the life you want to live. Exactly. And Precisely. It, it's situ it's situational as well. You may find yourself in one relationship and go, oh, okay, I want to be monogamous with you, uh, or you may find yourself being polyamorous with someone else. Exactly. Yeah. Precisely. What I usually round up. Um, <laughs> well i think we've kind of covered these you have advice for anything because we've just done a ton of it um do you have one piece of advice for people who may be going a similar journey with you growing up in the country having to deal with um internalized homophobia outside homophobia and then moving to the city where things are so much uh different cultural wise um any advice for people going through that journey Oh, look, it's it's so easy to turn around and go it gets better uh because we all know it does but when you're sitting there uh, as this little gaby, you don't believe that for a yep, second. Yeah. You just you just do not know how that could possibly be true. We've sort of got to act on that. I had a friend um, message me recently. I mean, yeah, it's we've we've sort of got the world is just such a more open and accepting and loving place of queer people these days than what it was 13 years ago mm -hmm. yeah. um but on the flip side of that our queer kids are going through a lot at the moment particularly mm -hmm. the trans ones you've had um yeah. bills in um in uh, the uh the don't gay the, the don't say gay in florida yep. the uh the uh the anti-trans uh bill in texas which has had families fleeing to other states mm -hmm. uh, recently wow. in australia you had the uh religious discrimination bill yeah yep. and uh yeah it's, it's the same thing uh, as we went through the plebiscite um oh. uh, five years ago now yeah um it was just end of the day we just you know wanted the same rights as other people but we had to go through this big brouhaha of yeah. um seven months of media coverage and um the uh, it's okay to say no campaign uh, spewing their bile. It was an awful and time. It yeah. was, and that's that's what uh, that's what our uh, our queer youth, our, our trans people are going through at the moment. Mm. Um, anyway, um, what we have to do as uh, older uh, established gays <laughs> yeah. is. You know, these kids, they just need to see that their lives turn out well in you know, 10, 15, 5, mm, yeah. 2 years' time. Um, as the older queers, it is our responsibility, it is our job to be unapologetically and openly queer in everything that we do. And definitely in educating the youth on our history. 
Yeah. And that's what yes. I hope to do with this podcast as well. Cause I like, mm. I like having people who are older who, as well as talking about their own experiences um, because there's a lot of history that is not often uh, um, broadcast um, yeah. and mm. exposed to. Um, and I think it's important through education that we do that. And I'm hoping to do that through this podcast, but, um, but no, definitely. Thank you so much, James, for that. Um, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Um, yeah, thank you so much. So, oh, nice your book's off. Your book's off. Your bookshop. Yes. Oh, okay. okay. Talk about that. <laughs> okay. Uh, look, uh, look, in uh, terms of uh, leaving theatre and going into book selling, uh, I just you know, wanted to preface it by sort of going, I didn't want to leave theatre, mm -hmm. but it's only because I found something else that I love just as much. Uh, it was time to do a career change. So yeah. I write books, I, uh, I read books, uh, I run an Instagram account uh, called Dames Read Some Books, <laughs> and it's um, a friend of mine, uh, Kerry, who for the last two and a half years has run this gorgeous little traveling bookshop um, that goes around to all of the markets. Uh, you may well have seen them at a fair day this year, uh, has opened up a brick and mortar bookshop on the Rockingham foreshore. Oh, wow. um, and so we opened at the start of the month and our aim as a bookshop is to focus on the local writers that we have here in Western Australia. We have yeah. such a, uh, we have such a big, we have such a diverse range of local authors here in WA. You've got um, Al Campbell, Michael Trent, uh, Holden Shepherd, Craig Sylvie, we're running out of time, so I'll stop this. <laughs> yeah. um, but aside from that, uh, our focus is also on um, sort of underrepresented, uh, diverse or inclusive books. So we have the, uh, the educational kids section uh, and it's, uh, there's books such as uh, I Am Jazz, which is about a, a transgender uh, girl in a kindergarten class. And, you know, that's for, the trans kids because they do exist mm -hmm. um, to see themselves in a the book, but it's also there uh, as a sort of learning resource for parents, uh, yeah. for the students in uh, that girl's class. Yeah. Um, there's that. It's uh, books about um, autism, books about um, uh, wheelchair users, um, uh, the whole, uh, you know, just, uh, we've got a book about what happens when your grandmother dies, mm -hmm. uh, which has just been this uh, tragic but beautiful sort of resource that um, uh, has sold uh, a few copies um, to funeral directors because they yeah. themselves don't have the resource to uh, sort of explain that sort of stuff to kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, First Nations books, what I'm most proud of. So this isn't my priority, but it is my passion project is I am putting together uh, one of the largest ranges of queer books that you will find in the Perth area. Uh, I want wonderful. to be right up there. Thank you. I want to be right up there with our friends at Crow Books and Rabble Books in the uh, variety of uh, books that we sell across the entire queer spectrum. Um, including uh, different uh, faiths, different skin colours, um, just the sort of books that you would not find in your Dimmicks or your 
yeah. your, or your QBD. Um, yeah. So I'm very proud of um, what we're putting together there. And I'm very proud of the, the work that we've put together in um, putting together this bookshop on the Rockingham foreshore. Oh, James, nice. that is so exciting. So I love this yeah. so much. And I'm so happy we were Thank able to you give so you uh, a platform to promote that. So yeah. really, really appreciate it. All right. So we better wrap this up because the timer is <laughs> nagging me. It's just staring at me. Um, so, <laughs> um, so James, thank you so much for joining and um, have a good rest of the week. You're weekend. so welcome. Good, Eddie, darling, I, do just wa- yes. I do just want to say, you know, uh, congratulations on getting this off the ground. It's, uh, it's I know we're, <laughs> like uh, broadcasting is a passion of yours and yep. it's just so wonderful to, uh, seeing you getting into podcasting and uh, it's actually been quite an honour to be on the show. Oh, so thank you so much. Proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> Shall I well, leave you guys alone? <laughs> uh, uh, no, because um, then it will definitely not be a clean podcast. Um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much uh, for that, Dame. And <laughs> stop it, you. Um, anyway, so we better let you go and uh, good luck with everything with the bookstore. Uh, we'll definitely be yeah, leaving some links you. in the description and on social media yep. and all the rest of it. Okay, perfect. Thank James, you thank coming. you so much and we'll chat to you later. Bye. Thank you, boys. Thank you for listening to Queer Stories on the Swan. You can leave a review for us wherever you get your podcast. You can find us on our socials on Facebook and Instagram. I'm Chris. And I'm Christo. And stay, stay fabulous. fabulous.